everyone, welcome to another episode of What is a Podcast, and this is the last podcast I will record before the presidential election, Um, so we'll see what happens, it could be you know, wild on election night. It could be rather tame. I guess it might also depend on where you live. Um, But we're up close to a pivotal moment or one of the pivotal moments in a year that's been sort of like shit show after shit show. Like every time you think, oh, things are looking up, it's boom, another weird, tragic event happens, right? It's like, oh, COVID is going down. Boom, 100,000 new cases in a single day. Oh, college football is back. Boom, Trevor Lawrence caught COVID, right? All of that stuff is like, we get our hopes up and then it just all comes tumbling the fuck down. Um, But what I think is interesting, and I touched on this a bit last week, right, is the rappers that are supporting Trump. And I think I have a little bit more of a take or a little bit different of a take now than I did um, last week or it was less than a week ago, I think, since I've recorded. But Lil Wayne has come out and said he's um, supporting Trump or like is down with Trump's tax policy, took a picture with Trump, Um, Gunplay, another rapper, has said he's voting for Trump, and this is fishy to me. So, last week, we saw Lil Pump and 50 Cent align with Trump. Um, Ice Cube, I don't know if Ice Cube said he was voting for Trump, but Ice Cube has been in cahoots with, like, some type of Trump policy reform type thing, right? But... What's fishy to me is a couple things. One is that it's rappers specifically, right? Two is that we are in the like literal 11th hour, right? The election is a few days away. I think most people or like a good amount of people have already voted, right? Or are going to vote before actual election day. I've already voted, for example, right? So... The fact that they're going in at the 11th hour with these rappers is fishy. Another thing is that Trump is kind of shaky, right? Um, I read, I don't know how true this actually is, but I read that Texas might be a toss-up, right? Texas might not be bright red Republican. It might be a little purple. It might be even a light blue, right? So... Trump might be feeling a little bit shaky. And I think all of this to say is, and this there's no facts behind this or anything, but all of this is to say is, like, what if someone behind the Trump campaign was like, hey, let's pay some rappers, right? Rap music is essentially pop music in America. Even if you disagree with that, rap is the most popular genre, which means rappers are among the most popular musician, the most popular artist, right? So let's get some rappers, right? Let's, you know, cut a deal, pay them, I don't know, right? But let's get some rappers, get some like videos out there, get some photo opportunities out there, right? And 
let's see if that drums up more support amongst the American people. Because once again, rap music is basically pop music. Not in the sense that it's like Katy Perry or anything, but in the sense that it is like permeating the American culture in a way it hasn't always had, right? And there are so many rappers that appeal to different audiences. And like, let's think about who we got here, right? We had 50 Cent, who is definitely past his prime rapping-wise and is more of a personality businessman than a rapper at this point, but made his fame off of rap, has some classic albums, has some hits, right? I think... The older generation appreciates him. The newer generation might not think of him in that rapper way, but definitely think of him as some type of icon, right? So we got that, an influential person who made his way up through rap and has been a successful businessman and personality since, right? We had Lil Pump, who definitely appeals to more of the younger crowd, right? So definitely people who may be voting for the first time, right? Lil Pump can definitely appeal to that crowd. Lil Pump, again, big personality. He's had, whether you like Lil Pump or not, you he has had a couple of hits like Gucci Gang, was legitimately a hit. He had that song with Kanye that I'm pretty sure charted at least, right? So Lil Pump has had some mainstream success. You cannot deny that. And he comes out and he puts out like an Instagram video and it's like, you didn't have to do this, right? Like if you wanted like no controversy or you didn't want people to come at you, you didn't have to do this, right? And he did it, right? Both of them did it. They came out with like videos like throwing their support behind Trump, right? And then, and I think Gunplay came out before um, Lil Wayne did, right? But Gunplay, right, who is um, a rapper, I wouldn't say he's as mainstream as a 50 Cent or a Lil Wayne, right? But he is a rapper. He's a Florida rapper, you know, came up alongside like Rick Ross. He has a couple projects out, right? I think he was also on Love and Hip Hop Miami. If I'm not mistaken, I haven't watched any Love and Hip Hop, but I'm pretty sure um, he was on it or is on it. But the point is, is that Gunplay is an older rapper, right? He's going to appeal not so much to the younger people, not so much like the 18-year-olds, but I do think that Gunplay really came into his own a little bit more like... 2015 16 or maybe came into his own is maybe not um the right way to put it but definitely he's had some more projects like some notable projects that have came out like 2015 16 and being associated with um rick ross has has helped him a lot right but gunplay i would say is probably like about 40 years old right but i think he can appeal a little bit to the to more of the mid-range, like not quite the crowd that 50 Cent is going to get, but maybe a little bit younger than that, but not quite as young as the Little Pump audience. But I do think Gunplay's audience is smaller, right? He's going to appeal to a section of hip-hop fans, but not like an overwhelming majority, right? But all three of those, I don't think were successful. Like 50 Cent got dragged, Lil Pump got dragged, Gunplay, you know, got dragged on Twitter. Those things aren't truly successful movements, right? So what do you do? You bring out your biggest gun, 
right? Your biggest gun is Lil Wayne, who at one point you could make a very convincing argument that Lil Wayne was the best rapper alive. I know Lil Wayne made a song calling himself the best rapper alive, but that wasn't complete BS when he said that, right? So I do think that you could make an argument that he is still, although I don't think many people would say that Lil Wayne still is a number one rapper, but you could have made an argument back then, right? That, and when I say back then, I mean like maybe like 10 years ago at this point, but um, because I think the Carter 3 came out before 2010, like 2008, 2009. I'm getting my years mixed up here, but Lil Wayne was on top for a long time, right? And people my age, I am newly 26, right? We came up on Lil Wayne like heavy, even if he wasn't like your favorite rapper, right? He was everywhere and he was on your favorite rapper's album, probably. He was on some like R&B singers albums or tracks. Like Lil Wayne is everywhere. He was everywhere, right? And as he's gotten older and sort of passed the torch on to the Drakes and all that, right? He's still like a relevant name, right? And I think that that was your biggest gun, right? Because I don't think 50 Cent re reached a level in terms of like pure rapping that Lil Wayne reached at his peak, right? Because like Lil Wayne said he was the best rapper alive and no one else, like at least mainstream, was like checking him on a track saying, no, I'm the best rapper alive, not Lil Wayne. And rap is a competitive genre, right? It's competitive in a lot of ways, but also competitive in who is the best, right? So the fact that Lil Wayne said he was the best, and I can't recall someone like notable um, really taking down Lil Wayne like lyrically or like calling that out and naming themselves better than Lil Wayne, right? You can see there's sort of the respect there, right? And Lil Wayne throwing himself behind Trump, right? Could have been the administration's big gun, right? Put a photo up with Trump and like trying to appeal to a certain section of voters, right? Like sort of like the millennial crowd, right? Who came up on Lil Wayne, right? And try and get them to swing over to the Trump side. But I think the problem with this is, if this is true, the problem is, is that these people, these rappers clearly cannot align with Trump in a moral sense, right? Because they're not talking about any of his policies other than taxes, right? All they're saying is like, oh, this is going to benefit my taxes, right? And if it's going to benefit your taxes, like, who gives a shit about your taxes? Like, I, I am a voter, right? I'm an eligible voter, right? Do you think I care about Lil Wayne's taxes? Do you think I care about 50 cents taxes? Because I don't, right? I, I want people to pay taxes, right? But I don't have concerns specifically about Lil Wayne's taxes, right? It's not like he's Bezos and he's trying to buy America, right? I don't care about Lil Wayne's taxes, about Lil Pump's taxes, about 50 cents taxes. That doesn't mean anything to me. So if you were trying to appeal, if this was a try and appeal in the 11th hour to other 
voters or younger voters or voters that maybe Trump hasn't won over yet, I don't think they did it right. Or I don't think they could have done it right. I think that was sort of a flaw from the start, right? Because if they're all aligning on the tax policy, like Trump is so much more than a tax policy, right? And I don't mean so much more in a good way. I mean it in a bad way, right? Even if the tax policy is good for you, what about the social, right? What about the people that you associate with? Are you associating with all millionaires? What about the people that you grew up with? I doubt that the people that you grew up with are also millionaires, right? There's there's a good amount of millionaires, but not enough that you everyone you know is a millionaire, right? So in terms of that and like what the effects could be on the country and on people who you care about or grew up with or anything like that, even if your rapper friends are all millionaires, right? What about your your first friends, right? So I think that they couldn't, align with Trump in like a true Trumpian sense, like not in in a true MAGA sense, right? I didn't see rappers aligning there, right? It was for a money, for the check, right? Which leads me to believe that either A, right, it's not a setup and it's not fishy and they're just all doing this in the 11th hour consecutively for no apparent reason, right? Or the only way they could convince these rappers to do such a thing was to get them to align on the tax and nothing else, right? But I don't think that works because, again, most people are not millionaires, right? We don't relate to the tax struggle, right? And even if you make like $500,000 and you would be um, like elevated in the tax bracket or you would be paying more taxes under Joe Biden, right? I feel like the separation between like a 500,000 air and like a 500 millionaire or not even 500 million, let's say 2 million, right? From 500,000 to 2 million, I feel like there's still like a degree of separation there that's pretty significant, right? I don't know if a 500,000 air cares about Lil Wayne's taxes as me, like just a regular thousandaire, right? I don't care about Lil Wayne's taxes, right? That's not going to get me to vote, right? And I really don't think that like endorsements like really swayed the vote that much. It just made people either become more accustomed to you or made people lose fans, right? I think, like, an endorsement that might be, like, strong, and this won't happen, but an endorsement that would be strong would be, like, someone like AOC or, like, Aisha, um, oh my god, I forgot her name, Aisha, what's her name? Oh my god, AOC and Aisha, what's her name? Oh my goodness, am I even getting it right? Oh my god. Is her name even Aisha? It's the other senator she's um bald. Um I I'm going to I'm going to be Oh god, this is this is awful. Um but who is, is AOC Presley? It's Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and one more. Ayana, it's Ayana Presley. Fuck. Okay. 
got off track there. Ayanna Presley, right? So if it was like one of those four that like somehow pulled out a heel turn and put Trump on a pedestal in some way, that might have some sway. But I do think that even then, and that won't happen, right? But even then, I think it would be like, Oh, people that were fans of those people just would no longer be fans, right? Or supporters, and they still wouldn't vote Trump, right? But um, with that, it just seems like the fact that it's only rappers that are doing this and that it's so late in the game and that they're doing it in similar ways for apparently no reason. Like, if you support a political candidate, like, and you post about it online, no matter who it is, like... I'm not going to be surprised by that, but it's just like back to back to back in similar fashion, talking about supporting Donald Trump for the money part of it, right? And it just, it seems, it seems fishy to me. I feel like there's a deal that's been made monetarily for these rappers and we might see another one tomorrow. Who knows, right? But we'll see what happens in the election. Like, as I said, I've already voted, right? And I think the election results would be more or less the same um, today as it will be tomorrow, as it would be if we voted in April, right? I think the election results wouldn't change that much, right? Except maybe in Texas, where it seems like people are coming out of the woodwork to vote in Texas, right? So it might have been a little bit different, but I really don't think the actual outcome, like whatever the outcome is, I feel like would be would have been the same outcome months ago, right? But we're finally getting it. We're finally gonna see what is, um, what's gonna happen. Are we gonna get four more years of Trump? Is society gonna continue to crumble? Are we gonna get Biden? Is Biden going to help us or not? I truly, I don't know if Biden is going to help us or not, but he definitely gives us a better chance than Donald Trump does. So we'll see what happens. Um, But speaking of things that are pretty, pretty um, emotionally charged, I'm trying to come up with good segues here. Um, And this isn't super important or anything, but today is Halloween. I don't really care about Halloween, um, but... I saw on Twitter, um, Madison Beer. Madison Beer, if you don't know, is a singer. And I'm not fully familiar with Madison Beer's work. Like, I haven't really heard her music. But I've, I know she's a singer. I know she's popular online. And I know that her, her looks are a point of discussion like people either really like her for her looks or they have something to say about her looks i i mean looking at madison beer hot singer that's that there's not much to discuss unless you think she's hot at least in my opinion but from what i've seen on the internet there's points of contention around her looks which doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me right because it should be the singer, right? But even as I Google Madison Beer and I go to news, it says, when did Madison Beer have lip fillers done? Like, that's the second result in the news, right? Like, her looks are such a point of contention, which is, it's very strange to me. But um, with that, 
I saw a tweet that said, Madison Beer dressed up as a nurse during a global pandemic. How dumb can she be? And this is from a Stan Twitter account. It seemed like a Nicki Minaj fan account. And I haven't been on Stan Twitter in a long time. I haven't talked about it in a long time. But is Stan Twitter bored? Right. The Stan Twitter just trying to cancel whoever they can for whatever. Are they are they that bored? Is 2020 just that boring to Stan Twitter that they can't find anyone to cancel? Right. Because it was shaming a person for dressing like a nurse on Halloween. Right. And don't get me wrong. I do not care about Halloween. Right. But dressing like a nurse is never been considered an offensive costume, right? And even in a pandemic, right, no one is saying you can't dress up as nurses, right? You're acting like dressing up like a nurse is dressing up like a Native American or using blackface. Like, that's not the same thing at all, right? A nurse is a profession, right? And the nurses are working hard right now. Bless the nurses. We love you, nurses. But dressing up as a nurse pandemic or not, is not offensive. It made absolutely no sense to me. And I quote tweeted, like, I was like, is Stan Twitter okay, right? Because it just didn't make sense, right? That you would get mad at someone for dressing up as a nurse when, if anything, I think that nurse costumes would be more popular than ever, right? Like, we should be honoring our nurses in whatever way we can and being a nurse as a costume gives you an excuse to wear a mask right if you wear a mask like being a nurse that's part of the costume right that seems like an easy way to kill two birds with one stone right but all of a sudden in this was one tweet i know and i don't think that everyone agreed with this tweet but Getting mad at someone for dressing up as a nurse during a pandemic because nurses are working during a pandemic? Like, does that mean you can't dress up as a firefighter because there's fires, right? That, 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 the logic, where's the logic? Where Stan Twitter's doesn't make sense to me, right? I Being a Stan in general, like, doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't think that you need to stand anyone and if you stand me i promise it's okay to just be a fan it's okay to just like what people do without going that level of stand right but the logical leaps is like either you are misrepresenting like nurses for like an ethnic group or you're just bored right or you're just bored and you're looking to trash someone for just existing on Halloween. It made no sense to me. But um, other than that, it is Halloween. Maybe, you know, we can discuss Halloween for a bit, right? Halloween to me, like, it, it's not that important. I know other people think it's important, but I haven't dressed up, like, seriously for Halloween. Like, had, like, a full-blown costume since I was probably in elementary and this is not shade to people who like to dress up for Halloween like I love good costumes right I just don't like putting on good costumes right that's not who I am I don't want to you know create a character or take an interpretation of a character really or at least not on Halloween not in that way right and 
you know, this Halloween, right, where it's on Saturday, right, it should have been the perfect Halloween, but now COVID is ruining everyone's dreams, right? This was like my ideal Halloween, right? I get to see people post their costumes on the internet. There's no pressure for me to wear a costume. I don't have to give out candy to trick-or-treaters. I don't have to pretend that I want to be spooky or whatever. I don't have to spend money on any type of costume, right? The only thing that's missing, right, is like actual human interaction, right? If I didn't have to, you know, be at home and I can just do all these same things, but still have a little bit of human interaction at a Halloween party, it would have been a perfect Halloween, right? It would have been a great, fantastic Halloween. But for me, at least as someone who doesn't care for the holiday in that way, and I'm just trying to relax and maybe have fun if the opportunity presents itself to have fun, right? This this was a fine Halloween, right? But speaking of things that I'm actually more passionate about than Halloween, the McRib is back. Ladies and gentlemen, McDonald's announced that the McRib is coming back in December, which is after we'll know who the next president is going to be, right? And one thing, the world is bad in 2020, right? It's a year of unrelenting tragedy, right? And maybe McDonald's released the McRib again to alleviate us from that unrelenting tragedy. Who knows, right? But one thing is for sure, right, is that there's going to be a lot of people like thinking about society crumbling around them in their cars because people who go to McDonald's oftentimes eat in, eat the McDonald's in their car, right? You're going to be in your car thinking about the unraveling of society and how the hell we're going to come back from this coronavirus if we ever come back just munching on a McRib in a car. And while that could be seen as like a sad thing, it could be a potentially beautiful thing, right? We could all be connected by the McRib. The McRib can be the thread that strings everything together. Maybe the McRib is what we need to unite us. That weird McDonald's sandwich that sometimes pops up out of the bushes, maybe it's what we need, or maybe it's not, probably not, right? But I do feel like, oh, like, this is exciting. Like, I get to get a McRib. Like, it's been a long time since the McRib has been available. I can go get a McRib. That's something that I haven't been able to say, and it's something that I haven't been able to look forward to, right? And I don't know, it made me happy in a way that it probably shouldn't in, like, any other year, it probably wouldn't have made me this happy that the McRib is coming back, but it's coming back, and I'm going to try this new version of this McRib. Maybe they change the formula, or maybe they change how they present it, right? Because McDonald's, right, I don't fully trust people who like constantly shit at McDonald's or pretend that McDonald's doesn't have good food. McDonald's has some good shit, right? There's some McDonald's that's bad, right? But a Filet-O-Fish, good. A Big Mac, good. Quarter Pounder, good. Apple Pie, good. Cookie, 
good. Sprite, good. Dangerous, but good, right? McDonald's doesn't just put out trash, right? People like to trash McDonald's as trash. That's not true, baby, right? And I'm excited to see what this McRib is going to offer up for for the people, right? I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Um, but other than that, other current events, daylight savings. Daylight savings, I've thought, is dumb for a, pretty much my entire life, right? Once I learned that Arizona doesn't do daylight savings in the same way, and by in the same way, I mean it doesn't do daylight savings at all, I was like, why, why are we adhering to this, right? And I know that time is relative and all that, but why are we adhering to something that clearly is not necessary, right? If Arizona can opt out of daylight savings time, then it's not necessary to have daylight savings time, right? The springing forward and falling back is clearly not something that humans need to survive efficiently. I guess it's questionable if you think that Arizona is an efficient place right but how how are they able to just not do it and the rest of us just have to do it right and with like technology it's not that bad like turning back clocks when like the only clocks you had were analog is probably a pain in the ass i am a watch person kinda and i have a bunch of watches and setting those is usually a pain in the ass during daylight savings but since i've been home for most of this year i haven't really set the time on any of my watches and i don't see why i need to do that now so um i probably won't set the time on my watches until like it's actually time to go outside for real for real like and like really go back to a life where covid isn't a constant threat like that's the time when my watches need to be um adjusted but right now my watches don't need to be adjusted i'm good right so this daylight savings like that little pain in the ass is not a pain in my ass right now it might come back in my ass later right but for right now it's not in my ass right so the only thing i have to worry about is getting sleep and making sure that you know i'm rested and that the time change doesn't completely throw off my body clock which it probably will it usually does usually when daylight savings happens i'm not the same person for like a day and a half right so we'll see how that works usually falling back is a little bit better than springing forward but we'll we'll see what happens adding an extra hour to the already incredibly long but also incredibly short 2020 what's another hour right what's another hour um but yeah i wanted to wrap this up by addressing something um if you know me in real life you know that i don't like the dodgers i am a san francisco giants fan which means that the dodgers are my least favorite baseball team but for me the Dodgers are not just my least favorite baseball team. They are my least favorite team. Like, they're my least favorite sports team. There's no sports team that is below the Dodgers on my list, okay? Now, the Dodgers recently won the World Series, 
Rem and you might be asking, I just re reminded you, hey, I'm a Giants fan. I don't like the Dodgers. You might be asking, well, how do you feel about the Dodgers winning the World Series? Rem and the answer is, well, it sucks. But I knew from the beginning of the World Series, if the Dodgers won, I was going to discredit it just because it was a 60 game season not because i would have discredited any team but i knew that if an argument comes up like on the internet or otherwise i would bring up that the dodgers had to win in a shortened season but the rays almost throwing the game right and i say almost because you don't you can't predict the future in baseball but um what happened was if you don't like baseball or if you don't care but or if you do care i don't know but they ha the rays had a pitcher Blake Snell right and he was doing really well against the dodgers the rays are down two games to three so the rays need to win in order to move on and stay alive right Blake Snell throwing lights out ball like literally has the Dodgers as his like puppet play things and he's doing so well right and then Kevin Cash the Rays manager he comes out he takes Blake Snell out of the game and you might be wondering why would he take Blake Snell out the game you just told me he was doing exceptionally well why did he do that and the answer is like the information right that the manager had led him to believe right that Blake Snell might get roughed up he might give up some runs he might not do as well in the later parts of the game as he did in the beginning parts of the game right and there's data to back this up there's analytics to back this up right in baseball if you face batters twice that third time that you face the batter typically you don't do as well there's stats to back that up right but i feel like in playoffs in analytics and data i feel like data matters less in the playoffs than it does in the regular season right in the regular season what are you trying to do get to the playoffs right so you're trying to maximize your efforts to get to the playoffs right and yeah analytics comes in there right and i think analytics has sort of been in baseball for a long time when it comes to like shifting positions or like situational pitching all of that right but the analytics say that the third time through the lineup is worse right so bring in a reliever something like that in the later parts of the game so that you don't even have to risk doing worse the third time through the lineup right i get that like on its face i get that right but in the world series in the playoffs in baseball in particular like pitchers in particular right i think that you gotta go a little bit by the seat of your pants right there's something to be said about like a bum garner like performance right if the giants in 2014 had ran with analytics the same way that the Tampa Bay Rays did, there is no Bumgarner performance, right? Because that World Series was capped off by a final performance from Madison Bumgarner, right? That doesn't exist if you are, like, careful with him in that way. You have to sort of, like, trust in the hot guy, right? And 
analytics doesn't say trust in the hot guy. The analytics doesn't say believe the eye test, right? But sometimes that's just what you gotta what you gotta do, right? And try and go for that complete game shutout or that bum garner like performance, that World Series hero performance, right? And I get like being risk averse, right? But I think it's something that you had to do, right? And I saw on Twitter, um, Pablo Torre, who works at ESPN, he does TV for ESPN and um, does the ESPN daily podcast, right? He mentioned something on Twitter like, if you replace analytics with information, right? Information being the closest synonym to analytics, right? If you replace analytics with information and then you bash analytics as people like to do, but you're bashing it with information, you sound ridiculous a lot of the times. And I think that that's true, right? But there's synonyms for a reason. Synonyms are not perfect matches 100%, right? There's still shades of difference between words, right? And there's a whole bunch of theories that synonyms like don't actually exist truly if you want to look deep into that, but I'm not going to, right? But in that, right, you have information ahead of you, right? And you make what you think is an informed decision. I get that, right? But you also have information in the actual game. What's my information in the actual game? And this is not like a bash on Pablo Torre because I like what he does. I think he's really a cool person and I like his podcast and his television appearances, right? But you also have information right in front of you in the game. Like you have a pitcher who has not given up a run, only given up two hits, right? Absolutely fucking the other team, right? You have that right in front of your eyes, right? So you have two sets of information, right? That you have to do with the information that we're calling analytics and the information that you're seeing with your eyes, right? And in this case, the manager trusted in analytics a little bit too much, right? The information that we're calling analytics, right? And the manager brought in um, a pitcher, Anderson, who at the time he had given up runs in like his past six or seven appearances, right? Which for a relief pitcher is not good. He was a, Anderson is a good um, reliever for Tampa Bay, but he hadn't had a good stretch in the playoffs, right? So where is your analytics there? Like your analytics brought in probably the least confident pitcher that you could have brought in there, right? So that's something that it's a it's a head scratcher, right? So Nick Anderson, right, who um was the reliever who gave who immediately like um gave up runs when Tampa Bay took out their starter Snell, right? He again a good solid guy, but was he the right guy? I don't think so, right? He had been struggling, right, in the playoffs, right? Maybe you go to a different guy. And the fact that the bullpen was probably gassed because they had long games, like there was a full-on bullpen game, right, in the World Series, right? So having that 
and the information at hand, right? I don't think the manager made the right decision on several fronts, right? I would have kept my starter in the game. I would have believed in my starter in that way, right? I would have put in a different reliever. And it's not to say that Kevin Cash, a manager of the Rays, is a bad manager, but he made a bad decision, right? It happens, right? And it happens that that bad decision, like, made my least favorite team win or was a factor in my least favorite team winning the highest title, right? And you know what? I'm okay, right? I was mad for a few days, but I'm okay. And you know why I'm okay, right? Because one, the Dodgers have some of the best players like in the world, right? They have two MVP outfielders on their team and then Around their other positions, they have really good players, right? They have a good shortstop. They have a good third baseman. They have a good utility player. They have some good relievers. They have Kershaw, Bueller, Urias. Like, they have good players all around, right? And as much satisfaction as I got in seeing a team with so much talent, right, fall short every year, right, a team with that much talent right, is something that is like, oh, like, you're expected to win, right, and you still needed to get Mookie Betts, the best right fielder ever, to get over that hump, right, if you still needed that extra oomph, right, to get over the hump, even though you had so much talent beforehand, right, that's something that I can still make fun of Dodgers fans about, right, you had so much talent, you were the best team ever, right, in the National League, right, you were so good records-wise, and you still couldn't get it done, what did you have to do, import your goods from Boston, right, to win a championship, you needed that other player, right, you created a super team, all uh, the Miami Heat, right, so in that way, I can feel comfortable knowing that I can make fun of Dodgers fans that way, right, and that's what I want to leave you with, is that even if your enemy wins, sometimes you can still make fun of your enemy, right? Your enemy might win one day, but they haven't won every day, right? Go out there and make fun of your enemy. And um, yeah, I think with that, I am going to wrap it. Thank you for listening, paying attention, all that good stuff. Please be safe, especially on election day, because you don't know what's going to pop off. If you can vote and you haven't, please do so safely. And yeah, I will see you next time. Bye.